Greetings, dear ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Interest Podcast, the podcast of Hobby School. Today joining us is the first person to, from the Hobby School to go to the University of Pennsylvania, Michelle Soljic. Hello, thanks for having me. Hello, please introduce yourself to the audience. So, as you just said, my name is Michelle, and I guess I'm the first person from the Hobby School to go to UPenn. And it's nice being here. Also, I guess something personal about me is that, for example, my hobbies include drawing, doodling, playing sports, running, taking walks, taking long walks, um, reading, listening to music, basically the basic stuff. And I just really like to attempt doing a lot of stuff, so I guess I have a lot of hobbies. And I guess I also do debating. Oh my god, I forgot to say that! Um, yeah. And in association with the hobby school, I've been a student here from the first grade to the 12th grade, but I skipped a year, like a whole grade skipped a year, sixth grade, so I've been here for like 11 years. Uh, how does it feel to come back to Mongolia? It feels great, actually. Um, I came back just now in on the 21st of December, and I think it's like a really good thing that I'm back, even though Mongolia is polluted, even though Mongolia is just like not economically stable and stuff like that. And America, there's so many more opportunities available. I think there's just this whole feeling of home. Like, and even though it's like as funny or as sad as it sounds, like the whole air pollution or like the smog. It smells really nostalgic. Like I've grown, I've been here for 17 years of my life. So, and even though I've been to America for four months, it's just like, I don't think you can take the Mongolia out of me. And yeah, I think also it was a necessary thing to come back because four months, even though it might seem like a short time. And even though I've been to a lot of international countries before, I think it's like, it's been such a pressureful four months and like the environment was like completely different and I did not know anybody there and it was like a such a whole new experience so it was at some points really overwhelming so I'm actually really glad to be back. Okay. Can you talk about your hobby school experiences please? So in the hobby school as I mentioned before I've been here from the first grade to the 12th grade and during my time, I guess the, my most active years in hobby school was from ninth grade to 12th grade, where I initially joined the student council and the debate club. And I think it was interesting because even though what I also found was that in America, there's so much more opportunities present. Like there's a club for everything. And I say this all the time, but I think in Mongolia, because we're well we're sort of like a developing country it's it's still hard for some clubs to really develop and come by and for example in our school even though we're the first school to have an english to teach english in the first place we still don't have like that many clubs like that many developed or well-established clubs so i think that for example like being in the debate club which is a well-established club and actually utilizing that source just was really useful to me yeah and in the meantime i also really try to be active in a lot of things 
For example, I think one of the things the hobby does right or just does right is like include a lot of competitions, like different sources of competitions. For example, like the drama competition, the sports competition, the talent show, and then like the newly introduced the fashion show called like Qatar. And I think even though at the time it might seem like that it's really boring or it's like a waste of time, I think it really helps develop character. And I think it definitely helped me like explore a lot of different options and some things. For example, like if I'm, cause I'm, I identify myself as someone really artistic or I like to be artistic. So for example, for me, something like the fashion show where I always participated in the avant-garde section was like really eye-opening. It was like an opportunity for me to actually really develop my own art skills and while it may have been boring to some people i think it helped me personally and that could be the same for like sports where some people could like sports and some people don't i think this holistic um approach is actually like really good for many students uh, may i ask you a question yeah do you still debate um i stopped debate in pen because first of all i found that out of like literally every single school, Penn is one of the most competitive schools. And there are so many like different students and the whole debate team, I actually auditioned for it, but the whole experience was, it was, it was really like, there was a lot of pressure for me to actually like join the debate club. And also like the whole experience was really um, pressureful. And I think that because of the whole system was different, I thought that in my first semester, for example, I would prioritize my lessons first and then other club activities and actually really develop other interests. Because I've done debate for such a long time, it would be because I have enough experience in debate, I think, for the time. So I thought that I would look into other clubs and activities first. And then if I really wanted to, I could still join debate club from the next semester or the next year. So I currently don't do debate for as a short answer. Uh, can you please talk about your debate experiences or nostalgia? So I first joined debate club in ninth grade and it was a completely mind-blowing experience. Like, I think because I joined, I joined mainly because I knew seniors there who were 12th grade and at the time when I was a ninth grade student, I was, I feel like I was really naive. I was like really young and I never thought I could reach a certain level, but I mainly joined because so many people were joining and I knew like some of the best people, I guess in my opinion, some people I really respected were in the debate club. So I thought I would just give it a try. And the first experience is actually really, it was it was really overwhelming and it was also really stressful because we had to audition to go into the debate club. And the system it followed was we had to literally give a speech in front of the whole debate club, in front of so many people, so many teachers, well, not that many teachers, but like the two teachers who were actually like overlooking the whole activity. and. It was just, I don't know, I, I just stood up there and I was, I 
pretended to be brave and I just like gave a 50, I'm pretty sure it was like 50 seconds or something, 50 seconds or so, like a speech on YouTube or something. I don't remember like the actual topic, but it was that. And then from there on, I think there was a lot of, because we had, I was in the UB Debate League, which is a debate society where schools would come and debate against each other and it was held monthly so it gave us like a lot of incentive and a lot of time to not a lot of time but just like a lot of reason to actually pursue debate even more and do it constantly and i also think that yeah it just spiraled on from there and then 10th grade and 11th grade i still continued debating and i never but i think this is really weird to like actually say now but there was times that I did not want to continue debating and I think it's really understand like it's really understanding to actually say that because at some times debate can be really it can be really stressful and you could be really sad or like really angry about your own performance if you perform badly and there was a bunch of stuff like that and there were a lot of feelings that I had during that time but in the end I still continued debating and I think that made all the difference and I honestly believe I could have never gone to where I am right now if I just quit debate right then and there so I think like the overarching like overarching lesson from all of this is that like being really persistent in one thing is really important like even if it's difficult and this actually sounds really cliche but it's actually really true if you're really persistent in something and determined in something i think it's worthwhile in the end how did it feel to break the ice by your speech my like, speech yeah how did it feel when i'm giving a speech yeah the first speech for the audition Oh, for my audition, oh, it was like, okay, so I have, and all the people close to me actually know this, but um, I have this bad habit. I wouldn't say it's my habit. It's just like my body's habit. My face gets extremely, extremely red when um, I'm embarrassed or something, or it just gets red like just whenever it wants to. So when I, when I was giving my speech, I could feel the warmth coming like from my chest to my throat and to my head and it was like I don't know people say I look like a tomato <sighs> yeah I mean but it was fine and then from then on just like not giving a speech just in general I think it's really powerful I think from then on my speech giving skills like improved drastically at least I believe so and there were times, I think, giving a speech, like, there are two different kinds of speeches to give. There's, like, prepared and not prepared or impromptus, where you literally have a limited amount of time to prepare a speech and then just, like, present it at the same time. So for the prepared speeches, I think I do get nervous before I present my speech. Even though, like, it might be really polished, I still get nervous because I, I had, like, a flaw that I couldn't really focus and have good structure, but eventually I improved that. 
and yeah i think like after giving a really good speech and then really inspiring the audience you actually feel that when you're giving a speech it's like you're trying to persuade an audience and i think like after you sit down well at least i feel really great about it because like i don't know like when you give a good speech you like you can feel it so it's a good feeling basically so how did it feel to socialize in the MUN? Like, how did you socialize? Can you give us, like, advices? Okay, okay. So, I've also been, like, a really frequent participant in MUNs. And basically, I think it also plays a huge role in shaping my experiences that I'm going to have in the future. For example, like... Um, at MUNs, I first started in 2015, I believe, when I was in 9th grade, 10th grade, I'm not sure. But at least I tried it out, the first MUN, UBMUN ever to be organized in Mongolia. And I was in a committee where I literally knew no one. There was like a senior, I, I knew a person from like the upper class, but I did not know anyone there. And it was like a weird experience. And I was in the International Court of Justice, if anyone's curious. Um, and it was also, I think the International Court of Justice is one of the more challenging committees, I believe. And as a judge, I think there were a bunch of other judges and I met I just had to socialize from the ground, like from the bottom, like, yeah, from scratch. I didn't know anybody. And I think I made some friends there and which I still know and still follow up today and still, I don't know. I think it was, I think it was really nice. And I think it just came naturally because if you're with a bunch of people and you're in the committee and because it was like the first ever UBM one and there wasn't anything like that before I think it was all the more interesting and all the more reason for you to have friends and everyone was really nice everyone was really social there were so many people not that many younger than me but definitely people older than me and some were even my own peers and I still am friends with them up to today and yeah, so that was my first MUN experience where it was fine. I, I, I don't think I just had like socializing then was a huge challenge. And then in 2016, for my second UBMUN, I was also part of the International Court of Justice. And I was also like, this time I was an advocate instead of a judge. So I had a more active role. And then where I had to literally, basically do debate like constantly. And I had to work with two other people who I had no idea, have never met before, but I just had to work with them to get a strong case and then just bring it to the judges. And I was going against also an equally strong team. And it was, it was pretty challenging. And there were a bunch of judges too. Some people I knew, some people I didn't know. And then, What's also what I found really interesting, this is kind of off topic, but one of the people who was a judge during UBM1 2016, uh, who actually gave the vote to us, actually, like, I don't know, like, after that, we kind of, like, diverged paths, like, we didn't meet 
or anything, but apparently she actually goes to a school next to mine right now. So it's actually wow. really cool. It's actually really cool. Like someone I knew in 2016 and did not know, like after that, just suddenly like popped up in my life, like right now. And and actually, she's a really she's a really great person, and and it's actually really amazing how these connections are still strong even after so many years and we have like something in common that we can bond over and yeah i think that was also an interesting experience but i think the most social like if you actually connect the social aspect to mu1s was in my experience with esman or like es ESM's MUN, I guess. It was 2017. And for once, I was in a normal committee, not the International Court of Justice. So it was like my first time actually doing resolutions and stuff. I actually did not know what resolutions were. And yeah, that was an interesting experience. But I think that whole experience taught me so much about socializing and how it's important to actually make negotiations with other countries or with like people. Yeah, and after that, I became a co-chair twice, and it was also really interesting looking at it from the flip perspective. Like, I've always been a delegate, and it was really interesting to see how co-chairs or people in charge actually function. Yeah, so it was interesting. And to give you some, like, a few tips, I think you just have to be open-minded, and, like, people people are really cool so you just like go talk to them and if you have like an interesting subject to talk to yeah it's interesting okay <clears throat> how did your participation in social events help you to apply to many schools uh, and join UPenn? yeah so that's a good question um so like first of all i actually didn't apply to many schools i only just applied to penn and got in so i was really lucky you're so lucky (laughs) yeah but i think one thing and i also say this like a lot is one tip that i have is that when you go to the common application or like the site where you primarily used to apply to many schools there's like a whole activity section and you can list up to 10 activities but i only had like for just activities in general and they were like debate student council Mali United nations and my own personal like i do art in my free time and like i think the thing with it is that social events or just generally being active is really important but be active in the sense that you're not just wasting your time just like going to an event or going to a club just because you're going to a club you should just actually dedicate a lot of yourself to it for example in debate debate happens like three times a week for like two hours and it's it's a really i wouldn't say you have a lot of things to do in debate club you learn a lot and it's kind of stressful as i stated before but in the end you've spent so much time towards it it actually looks really good for like college admissions offices because like i don't know because like you actually did something productive with your time and you dedicate yourself but another thing is that for example if you have another club and not just a debate club you learn so much um you learn so much from it and i think it's really interesting to ha- um have that and i think being active generally is important and specifically for upenn 
I get that the acceptance rate is really low. I also would suggest people to apply early, like through early decision, which is why I did, which is why I only applied to one school. Um, I think if you're active, you get to shape your own character. As I said before, like if you're joining a lot of clubs, if you're joining a lot of activities that are meaningful to you, that actually promote your interests, it helps you a lot. And I think with the whole MUN debate club in general, how this also helped me, helps me right now is that through this experience, I've explored a lot of international relations things. And it's also really interesting because right now I'm taking courses in international relations. I just took a course, an introduction course, and it was really interesting, really different. But some of the things that I learned in MUNs and the debate club really helped me to um, get situated with it. And I think I'm planning, possibly planning to, to major in international relations. So that's definitely an interest that debate club and Mali United Nations also built for me. And aside from that, for example, in student council, I was also like co-president of student council and before that I was head manager, etc. I think with the student council, it also helped makes you learn to cooperate with people a lot. And I think it's really important that you just like socialize and cooperate and to sum everything up, I think my whole experience was basically shaped by the activities I did or how I spent my time. Everyone says like time is really short and it is actually really short and I can't believe that I'm here right now. I think in ninth grade, I always imagined to be in a podcast or something or just like somewhere where I'm talking about my experience and and it's really nice and it's really interesting. And to sum it all up, I would just like give some advice like do everything really early. Just like don't, go to the deadline and just do it the night before uh. be active and even if you're like stressed at certain times well definitely if you don't think the activity is for you you should quit and just use your time more wisely but if you think the activity is worthwhile and you are really passionate about something i think you should pursue it i don't think you should give up on it even though it may be hard sometimes and i think that if you just follow those simple things I think it'll just reach success in no time. What are keys to writing an application? An application, like an essay? Yeah, application, essay. Yeah, so I think I just gave you an example of um, what my activities are. But I think for my essay, be true to yourself. Like, honestly, that's literally one of the keys to keys to actually representing yourself you can't be colleges want you to be a lot of things colleges only especially for my college they only accept like really like i don't know like really talented students and i've met so many people who are really talented who are just talented in their own ways but what i really like to point out is that they're really talented in their own ways again and they have specific things that they're good at and they're they're just not afraid to show that and i think same with that you just you can't be afraid to like show exactly who you are how you should be meaningful and i think the, there are going to be many sites and sources 
essay advice telling you that you should be genuine to yourself and i get it it's also really cliche and it's also really repetitive but i think in the end you can't really like have a formula for a good essay or just a, like a good application i think if you choose your schools correctly it just that all of that matters well thank you for joining us and we wish you the best. You're so charming. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the podcast of Hobby School. Thank you. Thank you for having me. See you next time.